This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the End in Mind podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin, the owner of Meraki Media Management. The End in Mind is a place where we come to share stories, tips, and strategies of many entrepreneurs, creatives, business owners, and just some people that aren't willing to live the traditional lifestyle. We talk about how to live outside of the box today and how to incorporate what really is important in your life to keep that end goal always in mind. Again, if you would like to reach out to me in any type of way, you can find me on Instagram at Meraki underscore media underscore management. And I hope to hear from you all soon. Thanks so much and enjoy our show. Everybody. Welcome back to the End of Mind podcast. I am your host, Caitlin, and I have a wonderful guest with me here today. This is Leah. Leah is the author of the Confessions of the Uncaged Soul. And I just finished reading or listening to her audiobook because you guys know me. I'm not much of a reader. I'm more of a listener and a talker, clearly. But I'm just so excited to have you here, Leah. Thank you so much for taking your time to come speak with us today. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm so glad that you enjoyed the audiobook. Oh, it was amazing. Like, honestly, for anyone before we dive in, even if you want to pause, the audiobook is only like two hours. So I flew through it. Um, so if you are, you know, feeling inclined or aligned to go listen to the book, I highly recommend it. So hit pause and come back to this after because we're basically going to do a deep dive into some of the topics that you spoke about there. Perfect. So can you first tell us just a little bit more about yourself for our listeners? We're both in the PA area. So Leah's in Pittsburgh. I'm in Philadelphia. So we're very close in proximity. And what she talks about in her book, the hustle culture up here in the East Coast, I really like hit home with me so much. So I'd love to hear more about, you know, your background, just so our listeners understand that too. Yeah, so I, I'm not sure exactly when I stepped into the total and absolute like hustle mind perfectionism life, but at least like when I got out of college and got my first job, I mean, I was just like obsessed with climbing the corporate ladder, reading all the books on success and being, you know, I was just the first person in the office, last person to leave every job, you know, just going hard. And that benefited me in a lot of ways. You know, I, I got into sales. I got four promotions in four years. I became a sales manager at a really young age and was running a department and um, made a lot of money. And it was great. Like it was, I, I enjoyed it, you know, um, and I enjoyed 
even though it was very, very stressful and high pressure, I really enjoyed it because it was very satisfying to the ego. You know what I mean? Like a lot of validation for me and my identity was wrapped up in my performance at work, my success, but uh, the perfectionism was eating away at me in all areas of life, my marriage, my work, everything. So yeah, I had like really bad anxiety and it would manifest like it's like pain in my chest and shoulder and neck pain and all these things. And I just thought, you know, this is the way that life is. This is just the way that it is. Everyone has this, like, this is just the experience, right? So it wasn't until I stumbled upon the book, The Secret, a friend told me to read the book, The Secret, that I learned about the law of attraction and manifestation and started diving into holistic health. Like that whole world opened up to me and I was like, whoa, my mind is that powerful? Like I was learning about mindset a lot in the sales world and the, you know, corporate world, but not, not in this way, you know, not in this way that I could just change the way I thought and it would change my, my life. So I started putting that stuff into place, got really into it, started listening to all the podcasts and reading all the books. And I started meditating and journaling every day, short bits. Cause I was so busy. Um, you know, I worked so many hours, but I would like in the morning meditate for like three minutes and then journal for like five minutes. You know, I would like squeeze them wherever I could. I remember like, I remember my job was so crazy and I would like be so stressed out and I would just shut the door to my office and just like set a timer meditate for just a few minutes. And it just was little by little helping me to separate from my thoughts Mm -hmm. and find an identity as a human versus being identified with my thoughts and with who, who I was in other people's minds to my perspective, right? All of that. So yeah, from there I became a life coach. I was I found life coaching. I was like, this is perfect. I'm gonna do this now and started my podcast, Very Naked Soul. And the journey has just unfolded from there. I love it. It's awesome. I can like so relate to the hustle culture and the identity. Like I even just went through a transition, which our listeners know well about because literally I've had to share it the whole way. And it's hard to pivot in business. You know, it's very similar. It's like, you're changing everything about your sales, your marketing, and you do, you take that on, especially when you're coming from that mindset of like, success is me. You know, if I'm not successful, then I'm not me, you know? And I remember feeling this like dread and like so much failure when I was literally just pivoting my business, like nothing big happened, you know? I think it's very similar to your transition because it seems like this was natural for you, you know, like it was bound to happen at some point, but it's hard when you're walking away from that old life that you had. You're basically grieving like an old path that you thought would maybe take you to where you wanted to be, but it's just not working out that way anymore, you know? Yeah. And it's so relatable in business too, because like, I kind of thought that like, I I guess I kind of thought when I was leaving corporate to do my business full time, that I would just, the hustle mindset would, was dissolved and whatever, but I just carried it all right in. So then my obsession became how many followers do I have, right? My success of my business, the ups and downs of entrepreneurship were so hard for me because I was struggling with perfectionism still, you know, and, um, and my identity was wrapped up in, in, in all of it. So it's definitely like, and just one more thing to work on as an entrepreneur, but it's so important because it's going to be a wild ride. 
Yeah, well said. It always is. You know, it's a roller coaster, how you said. And a lot of what we talk about on this podcast are the downs, you know, because nobody talks about that. So like people come here to hear me say, like, listen, like I'm unpacking some trauma and I'm building my business. And it's really hard because I think that's okay for us to say it's just a period in time. And just because we're struggling with the perfectionism now, we're aware of it. We're addressing it. We're using the practices, as you mentioned, you know, with the meditation, the breath work, it's kind of pivot out of that. Would you say that that would be the biggest change, big change for you? Or was it really like, you know, something else within that you really discovered within yourself to kind of compromise from that perfectionist side? Yeah. You know, I feel like I, I feel like I'm so grateful for the entrepreneurial journey for in so many ways, right? The freedom obviously is amazing, but like it forced me in so many ways to do the inner work. You know, when I first committed to meditating and journaling, part of the, the carrot for me, the reason why I did it every day was because I was like, I'm going to start a business and I'm learning from all these podcasts, how important mindset is. So the carrot for me has for so long been okay if I want my business to thrive my mental state has to be like not saying you can't have a season of depression and not like that's not going to make you fail in your business like at all but like the biggest reason people give up on entrepreneurship the biggest reason people fail is because they they aren't able to get their mindset right or they aren't willing to be consistent with the mindset work to believe in themselves right because when you have days and however long of months of not selling you just beat yourself up and you get so down on yourself. The mindset work like has to be there for that. So it's that for me has helped me stay consistent with so many things, but also perfectionism, you know, and it was such a good tool for it. I feel like from the beginning, I was able to work on it because it was like, okay, I'm going to show my face on Instagram. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to talk into the camera, you know, and then starting my podcast was a whole scary thing. So everything in the personal, personal brand journey, as you are well aware, like, you know, it's terrifying. Yeah. Losing yourself in front of everyone, you know, who's watching you on the internet and you're thinking they're judging you and all these things. So it it forced me to really confront the perfectionism because it's like, you have, like, you have to put content out and it's not going to feel perfect for a long time. Like it's not going to feel good enough until you do it for a long time. So that little by little helped a lot. And then just reframing in my mind, journaling in my my journal and just ask myself, like, is this really true? You know, I'm telling myself that I'm not good enough because I don't have X, Y, Z yet, or I haven't done X, Y, Z yet. Is that really true? So that, that was really helpful. Um, And just catching myself in those, in those negative thought spirals and forgiving it. And saying, you know what? No, I love myself. I'm not going to beat myself up about this. We're moving on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That self-love piece for me has been the biggest hurdle, you know, because it feels so not normal, you know, to like love yourself and really deeply love yourself. Like for our listeners, like this is like next level. This isn't self-care. This is like so much more beyond that. It's, it's this undeniable, like unconditional love for you. And it's, it's been challenging for me to navigate the language around that for some reason, even though I work with marketing and like, I love rhetoric 
talking to myself was really difficult. So I had to hire someone else to show me what that language would be like in an authentic way that still felt, you know, aligned for me. So I don't feel like I'm like lying to myself as I'm doing my mirror work in the morning, you know? Um, But it has really helped. Like I haven't even done the mirror work for over a month and a half. Um, And it's really starting to kick in like, when I see those thought loops, which you may be able to relate to this, it's like just right back into the self-love, like that forgiveness. Yeah. So that's exactly the word that I was thinking of was like unconditional. Mm. Like that's what it is. It's, it's so much deeper than like the, you you can start with like the self-care and whatever, but like the deeper stuff, like you said, is the unconditional. So I think it's really important to look at like, what are the conditions we're putting on our self-love? what do we have to achieve, be achieving or doing in order for us to feel we're good enough and really question those and say like, okay, is that like, really? Like I have to do all these things. I have to have a perfectly clean house and do all eat super healthy and do go in order to love myself. Yeah. But we do, we place so many conditions on it. Oh, totally. You know, especially coming from that, like, perfectionist workaholic background, which like we all do here. So I feel like everyone totally is like getting this conversation. And what does, when you work with your clients, cause I know that you help them get to this point, right? Is that type of journey that you take them on with the meditation and breath work? Are you bringing them, you know, to this unconditional love or does it end up just kind of naturally coming about as the work unfolds? Yeah, really good question. So most of my clients right now are business coaching clients. So they, yeah, they have businesses. And so like they come to me mostly for like two things, the strategy, of course, like the marketing and then confidence is always a big one. How can I show up more unapologetically? And so we work towards those things, but it's always, it's like, you know, when you're working with someone and they have like a a problem or whatever, but it's really something deeper, right? So you're like looking for that deeper thing. So it, it ends up being like so much of the self-love and so much of like healing those wounds and finding out where we learn these things and all of that. Um, and then part of it does come from just like putting the, putting the consistent plan into place, yeah. you know, and sticking to those things like meditation and breath work. So helpful with like detaching from thoughts. So yeah. when you notice those thought spirals, you can be like, okay, no, I'm choosing not to engage with those thoughts. So Yeah. Yeah, that's so great to hear how the journey flows, because I think there's really like an epidemic happening with business owners like people, you know, I see this all the time on Instagram and TikTok, you know, these coaches are like, I'm making, you know, 10K months and I've only been working for myself for a month or something. It's like crazy, some of these stats and it's unrealistic, you know, and I I feel really bad for people entering into this space right now that think they're just going to blow up, you know, it's like, I'll go viral in a few months and it'll work out. And I'm like, no, like that's not going to happen. And that's okay. Like that's actually a good thing. Like that just might not be a part of your journey. If it does happen, great. Here's how we can work around that. But that's not always exactly what you want out of business either. So there's like these conditioned beliefs that they're getting going into business, which is, it's just sad. You know, I started my business four and a half years ago. So the space was completely different then, you know? Yeah. I wish I would have learned that in the beginning. Yeah. 
because I so what I noticed too is like so like a lot of people will say like I started my business a year ago and I'm making six figures or whatever and um not to say that that's impossible it's it's not likely it's, it's not impossible it's also most of the time not true right yeah. because a lot of those people aren't always sharing the part of their journey where they were in network marketing for five years first, right? So it's not necessarily they're lying, like they did start this new business venture and it may have created that profit, but like, or that revenue usually or sales numbers, but would, were you already building an online presence? Were you already like, did you already have an email? Like all of these things. Um, and I noticed I had a friend I was talking to yesterday because every Wednesday I do a co-working day. I get together with girl, a few friends that are local who um, run similar businesses. It's great because I get lonely working from home. So this isn't perfect. But anyways, one of them was talking about this this girl that we all follow and um, this this number of people that had signed up for her program or whatever and how she thought it would be as easy as it was for this girl. And I was like, wait a minute, that girl you're talking about, she's been, she just like, I know this from her content. She's been doing this for eight years. Oh my God. Eight years. And someone who just started in the past year is comparing themselves to, to this person. And this girl like frequently shares that she's this long in, right? It's not a secret. It's not like she's lying about it, but we forget, right? Yes. We yeah. forget and we say, oh, why aren't I, why aren't I a multimillionaire yet? Like what, what? No, it generally takes time. Totally. Yeah. And it's like, also as a business owner, like you said, we're doing all this personal work, like. For me, you know, when I was going through the pivot, it was exactly how you you mentioned. Let me get my mindset straight. You know, like I had built a business that was very successful, but I hated it. You know, like I literally hated it. It was exactly like you with the jersey shop where Leah was selling jerseys just for the listeners. Once you read her book, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. And I was in so like managing social media accounts for business owners. It was great. You know, that was my zone of genius, but I absolutely like getting up out of bed every morning was like, here we go again. It felt like I was like on this like merry-go-round and I could never reach the next thing, you know, or expand. And it was really harmful for my mental health because then the comparison came in, then those thought loops came in and being alone, how you mentioned, there's no distraction. There's no one like in your outside vicinity to kind of pull you out of that. I think in an office setting or even in a co-working setting, it is nice. Like we as women normally like to communicate or be like, this thing just happened. Like, what do you guys think? You know, and I didn't have that here when I was going through that pivot and it was so challenging to stay on top of my own mindset. Like I couldn't even think about getting clients then, you know, like I just had to think about how to make this work. Like what is tomorrow going to look like kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like those seasons of business are so, so challenging. And I, I want people to, something that I struggle with is like, I want people to know the real side of it. Because yeah. like I wish I had on the real side of it, right? But I also don't want to like tell people like, oh, it's going to be hard. But like the hard is good. Like yeah, the yeah. the flop launches were are how I learned to stop giving a fuck and just like be okay and surrender. And like these lessons that I'll carry with me for the rest of my life and continue to develop came from those hard times. 
So well said. It's so true. It's like in those really dark moments, which like I said, we share a lot on the end in mind. So if you guys are wondering what those look like, please go back and listen to a few episodes. Honestly, like a month ago, this is where I was. So it was very, very challenging. But like how you said, you learn the lesson and then it keeps coming back until it really sits in, you know, and then we really get it. And then sometimes there's a deeper lesson within that lesson that comes up in a few years, you know, <laughs> that's what I feel like I've been experiencing. But yeah, you learn to enjoy the journey. You learn to enjoy the growth and appreciate that instead of having this like negative mindset around it. Yeah. Yeah. It's all part of it. It's, it's accepting those ups and downs, you know, and yeah. And just, just going along for the ride. And I'm sure when you work with your clients, I would love to know, like, is that something that you focus on with them? Like, is this something you really love? Because if you don't really love it, like with me on social media at the end, I literally was like, I don't care. Like, just leave, you know, like, I love you guys, but please leave like to my clients, you know, it's like, it's okay. Like we're not on the same page and that's okay. But it was really hard to get to that point. And I know if I was doing this mindset work that I'm doing now, that wouldn't have happened because I love what I do now, you know? Yeah. You have to love what you do or you have to, if you, you're, you know, if for someone who's in a job and they're like, well, I have no passion for this job, but there's other things about it that I like, okay, well you can, you can like learn through the mindset work, like how to accept some parts of it and see if it can be a fit, you know, and see if you can like shift your thinking and like reframe your your perspective on the things that you don't like. And if it's, if that's not working, if that feels out of alignment, you got to make that shift and go do something you love. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And it's hard to find sometimes. <laughs> and then, you know, I would say for anyone listening that might be in that place, give yourself grace, right? That's all that you can do is give it some time. Yeah. And like, I think that another thing that like, I didn't realize when I started my business, I thought like, okay, I'm going to be a life coach forever. Right. As I thought I was, that was going to be the thing. And, um, I was confidence coaching. That was like my, my niche at the time. And then it's just evolved so many times. I mean, so many times and it, it always felt like, well, this is wrong or bad. I should just have one thing that I want to do forever. I shouldn't be multi-passionate. And like, no, like it takes, it's a journey to finding out what truly lights you up and what you're really, where your skill set is and all of that. And it's okay to like, you. it's okay and necessary to allow yourself those pivots and allow yourself to like move through the journey. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so great to hear you say that. Cause it's also like, let that sink in, Caitlin. <laughs> I'm like, really let that sink in. Cause it does, it feels so much better. Like even opportunities had arisen during a pivot, which I'm sure our listeners and you probably have business owners have this happen, but we have our blinders on. It's like, this is the one thing that I'm good at. This is the only thing that I'm good at. I'm going to be like, I used to say like, I'm going to be a social media mogul. Like I'm going to be this social media manager that everybody knows. And now it's like literally barf in my mouth. when I think about that version of Caitlin, you know, just like, so not me. I'm don't even give a shit, you know, like I literally don't even care. And I never cared about followers. I was never that social media manager that was like, you know, follow, more followers, more money, you know? So that never resonated with me. So there was always an intuitive piece of it, but I just had silenced it. 
for so long. Yeah, it's tricky to navigate like what's my intuition and what's my, you know, all of that because we're so clouded by so many things. But I think a big one is like what everyone else is thinking. And I always feel like it's the shoulds. Like I always say this, like the shoulds are the opposite of our intuition. If it's like, oh, I should stay on this path because this is what I went to college for. or I should do this because this makes good money or I should do this because whatever the fuck. It's like, that's the opposite of your intuition because that should represents other people's right? That's like what that word is. Other people want you to do this. It's just should society. And the opposite of a should is desire, which is your intuition. It's like, what do I desire? What would feel really, really good? And giving ourselves permission to follow that is everything. Wow. That was so good. The opposite of should is desire. I mean, that like, that's it right there. That's the golden takeaway. I mean, if you are a listener and you are constantly being told by another social media reel or a coach that you might be working with that you should be doing all of these things, I would highly suggest getting quiet. Going and reading Leah's book, honestly, reminded me why I dedicate time to myself. Like today before this interview, I was like tired. I had met with clients this morning. I was like, I'm going to go lay down for a few minutes before this interview. And I gave myself that time. Caitlin, a year ago, would have been like a sweaty wreck if that happened, you know, (laughs) would have just never happened. So it was a great reminder reading her book that when you get quiet, you can actually find your desire. And that's in those moments. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's from within, it's not from the external world, you know, and I always, I always use this example when it comes to business, like you could line up a hundred super successful business owners. They're all going to be doing things differently. And many of them will say, well, this is what you should do. And it's, it's fine because they're just sharing what worked for them. I mean, I'm sure I do that too. Right. But like, you can line them up and they're all doing things differently. So there's no secret. Mm-hmm. It's all what feels good to you and going inward. And like you said, have that quiet time to just to yourself. So powerful. Yeah. Those are really where the massive shifts come in. And it's funny that you brought up the secret, how we were talking about the secret earlier. That's why I find that book name so ironic. That was definitely a huge pivotal moment in my life too. In our first episode, I talk about the secret um, and like how it came into my life. But I find it so interesting that all of the things that the secret and these type of ideologies that Leah and I are unpacking right now, it's really not a secret. Like it's literally built within our bodies. This is the ecosystem that life has given us, right? There's something there. We all can feel it intuitively. Most of the time, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably feel something, So it really isn't a secret. It's just, again, letting yourself hear the voice or hear the calling, you know? Yeah. It's interesting that we even, yeah, like it's interesting that we call it a secret because people who are not into this world, right, who are not into intuition and soul and manifestation, they probably believe in instinct, right? So I think like for those people, instinct might be the word to that would, but like we all believe animals have instinct. Why don't we believe we have instinct and intuition and gut feelings? And like for most people, they would agree like, yeah, we do. We do. We do. Yes, that's true. But like, then why are we not listening to it? Why would we not take advantage of that? Like we have so much wisdom in our bodies, but I also, I'm curious, how did the secret come into your life? 
Oh, I'll definitely tell you. It's good to do a refresher too, because this was like 85 episodes ago (laughs) for our listeners. So the secret, I was actually, so I'm 26. So it came into my life when I was probably like 10, 11. And my dad had just been diagnosed with cancer actually. Um, So they were looking for like just holistic mindset books. It was, it was not a great diagnosis, you know? Um, so he was predicted to basically live like six months after that. Um, and that was his time span. So my mom was like, let's get back into like mindset work. They used to take me to a lot of workshops when I was younger, like Silva, if you are ever familiar with that, this is going back like 20 years ago. This is like old mindset names <laughs> that were like doing in-person workshops because Zoom was never even a thing then, you know? Um, so they took me to those when I was really young, like seven and eight. And then when my dad got sick, they found the secret. My dad wanted me to watch it with him. We watched the whole movie. He read me passages of the book as well. And that was really like when I started to see things differently at a young age. And then, you know, I lost my dad. He actually lived three years after that. And he used to say like, it was because of the mindset work. He was just so driven. Like he worked every single day through chemotherapy. So no one in his office knew that he was sick, but in his mind, he felt like that was helping him continue on his path. So it just worked for him. And I think he took a lot of those nuggets of knowledge and like really implemented them in his life. Like, you know, days after watching the video, it was like, okay, we're doing this now. You know, this is how we're going to talk. This is how we're going to talk about the cancer. Like it was just so different than um, probably most people's cancer diagnosis, you know? So that was like the big pivot in my life. And then he ended up dying. So that was a huge whole nother transformation. But because of what the secret taught us, it was like, oh, no, now we're just even more connected. You know, we're just connected through a different passage kind of thing. Wow, that is amazing. I mean, obviously, so sad and so sorry about your dad. But yeah, that's really beautiful that he brought that into your life. And then now you're like, look at you now teaching that to people like that is so crazy. It's literally so weird. I think that that's why I resisted it for so long. Like, I'll be honest with you. It was kind of like, how did this thing happen in my life? And now it's actually what I'm doing, you know, like I'm actually helping people live their lives like this, you know, out of a unfortunate situation in my life when I was 15, you know, so it's been, it's been a huge, like, transformation, I would say to my mindset, even just of like who I was, you know, a year ago. Wow. That is such a cool story. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was really fun. And he was such a good person. Like he sends me signs all the time. And I really do believe that's because I'm open to it, you know? And the only reason why I am is because of that movie. (laughs) Wild. Life is wild. It's so weird. And it always does come around in patterns, you know, like that this happened to me and now I'm 26, you know, it's like 10 years, 11 years later, like 111. It's like tomorrow's 111. It's just so weird, you know. Tomorrow is 111. One, one. 
big portal. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, right. I need to like do, I actually signed up for a few workshops tomorrow. Cause I was like, I never do anything. So maybe this will force me to show up, you know, but yeah, the last thing that I want to ask you is really about the RAS, the Ross that we talked about before we got on the call, but it's something that Leah mentioned in her book, actually for our listeners at the end of her book. And I was so intrigued by this, um, I guess you would call it, you called it for me, a create creates a bias within our brain. So can you tell me more about that? Like, what is that? And how can we start to harness that with our awareness, which might eventually impact our, you know, mental health growth as well? Yeah, absolutely. So this, to me, the reticular activating system, the RAS, it's the part of your brain that filters information. And to me, this is how everything works in in our lives because basically how it works is you ever like shop for a car and you're like oh actually this car is kind of cute this Mazda Miata this is cute and then you start seeing them everywhere right but it's not that overnight 25 people in your town bought the Mazda Miata they were there all along you just weren't tuned into it right and so that tends to happen with all sorts of things with us so we might start noticing we might start noticing angel numbers and then we see them all the time. Um, whatever it is, we might, we, we also, it works with the bias with like um, politics. Like if there's a political candidate that you have decided that you like, nothing they do can be bad because your reticular activism literally won't, it like bypasses information. So it basically is looking to confirm your beliefs. So it is what is responsible for you honing in on what you've already believed to be true honing on on what you've told your brain is important and ignoring everything else. It's like when you hear, like really like in a restaurant, it's like loud and there's lots of people talking and you're not like listening to every conversation, right? You're just, you don't want to hear, you hear it, but you don't hear it. But someone says your name and it's like, ding, ding, ding. You hear it over everything. That's because your reticular activating system knows your name is important. So it's filtering information. It's creating biases. And it's also like creating, it's like the, it's like creates the lens that we see through in our life. So how it works with manifestation and with changing your life is like, if you want more money, more opportunities, you're looking for a job, whatever it is, and you decide like this is happening and you make that important. And then opportunities start showing up everywhere. But if all you're doing all day is telling yourself, there's no jobs available for me. I can't do anything. There's no way, nothing works for me. All you're going to see is doors that are closed, right? So that's like so powerful. Yeah. And that it's like, it's, this is science, you know? (laughs) Yeah, this is a part of the brain. Like this is, yeah. And it's, it's really bridges that gap. I feel like there's so many things where spirituality and science you can have the same information, but presented in different ways, you know? Yes. Oh my gosh. My client and I, she has been on our show before, Lisa, her name is, you would love her. I should connect the two of you. She's bridging the gap between therapy and spirituality for her clients because it can be so clinical, you know, and it's like, let's rehash. And she'll be like, we're done rehashing. Like now we just need to talk about how to move on, you know, and it's bringing up all of this reticular activating system for me, like what we talk about on our calls. It's so similar because she'll say like, you know, if you just keep on that trauma, you're just going to keep yes. reliving the trauma, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's so, she is. Yeah. So she's, yeah. 
clinical therapist for eight or nine years now. And now she's adding in the spirituality piece. Yeah, I do feel that like, I'm not like against therapy. I think therapy can be super useful in so many ways, but it also can be um, every week you're talking about the same pain over and over and over. I mean, that can be whatever you're focusing on, you're going to find more of in your life. Yes. And that's what was so, you know, so our listeners know this as well. This, this past two years, like during 2020, I started on my therapy journey and I was diagnosed with PTSD. And so every time I was going into therapy, it would literally like come out in my body, you know, it was like trauma. And then I had to live through that trauma, (laughs) the flashbacks and like craziness. And then it came to a point on the healing where I was like, I can't, go over this again. You know, like I need something else now. And my therapist was so amazing. She was like wishing me the best of luck and so supportive, but I was craving that like spirituality next level, like this science information too, for me, because it makes so much sense. Then it's like, Oh, duh. You know, it's just my, my RAS, my RAS is just showing up today and it's not a big deal. You know, like kind of takes that emotion out of it because it can be really, emotional reliving this trauma on a weekly basis you know of course we can't function or of course people are depressed you know like they're never coming out of it and it kind of feels like doomsday to be honest you know yeah 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 there's like a fine line between like like venting letting things out like talk like all that talk therapy is great but there comes a time when moving forward can be really beneficial too Yeah. Yeah. And I like, you know, I would challenge anybody that's listening, just ask yourself these questions. That's like a personal intuitive decision. So don't base it off of anything that I'm saying or, you know, what you may even hear out there in the world, because, you know, your therapist might be working differently, like my client, Lisa. So it can be different in different situations as well. Absolutely. Yeah. It's always worth going to therapy, you know, and, and yeah. Figure out for yourself when you're complete, when you need to try something new, you know, like hypnotherapy, hypnosis. I mean, there's like so many EFT tapping. There's so many breath work. There's so many other tools out there too, but yeah. And it really is just about figuring out what works for you. But like we said in the beginning as well, like getting quiet will give you that clarity. So things like the meditation may help with that. You know, they all just kind of play off of one another. Yes. Yes. So good. Well, do you have any, anything else that you would like to share with us? I feel like this was such a great conversation. I don't think so. This was really, really great. So fun. I'm so glad. Thank you so much for being here. And how can our listeners get in touch with you if they have questions about any of this, or they just want to learn more about your book and possibly purchasing and all of that? Yeah. So on Instagram, it's Leah Party. My website's leahparty.com. My podcast is Bare Naked Soul. You can pretty much find everything from those. Awesome. Yeah. And we'll have all the links below for you guys. So if you're multitasking, driving, don't worry. Just save this episode, take a screenshot and hang out with us on Instagram later. But thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you for being here, Leah. This was really fun. 
Thank you so much for listening to the end in mind. I would like to remind you all, if you haven't yet reached out to me on Instagram, we are at Meraki underscore media underscore management. It will be in our show notes as well. If you would like to reach out to me, we always offer free coaching through Instagram based around our Instagram training and our business Instagram practices. If you need any type of support, please do not hesitate to reach out to me there. And we also offer several different types of consulting and training packages if you're looking for a little bit more in-depth tips. So thank you all for listening in. And of course, I want you all to keep the end in mind as you continue with your day and or work week. Have a great week and I will see you all next time.